Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so, your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress. So let's join your hosts, Roland. The cherry ones are actually one of my favorites. Then there are green ones. They Tony. There goes our sponsorship deal. Crap, we get robbed here. And Jonathan. They are not a sponsor of the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable podcast, but they will clear your nostrils. As they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis. And always remember, losing is fun. Thank you for tuning in to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. Yes, welcome back to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. It was a short break. We're up to 50.05 now. Hey, we didn't talk about the numbering system. In very sensible Tony fashion, the new versioning system just dropped the zero. That's great. That makes sense. Say again. I didn't follow that. Before the release, we were talking about how Steam wouldn't want a, an alpha mm-hmm. to be out there. So we were kind of contemplating about how he would be versioning the system. And in, you know, typical Toady fashion... He just did it. He just did the easiest thing and just dropped the zero. So instead of being 0.50.05, it's just 50.05. (laughs) That's good. Well, it's also indicative of, like, what he's always said, that the versioning is, like, how complete he thinks the game is. So we're at halfway point. That's pretty good. It's still early and also very, very playable. I wouldn't mind boats. Boats. What's that? Boats. Get me boats. Boats, boats, boats. Yeah. What's your overall thoughts? You guys have, have played the game a little bit more? I like it. I think people should buy this game. <laughs> I recommend it. Five out of five stars. That's for me. I think I, I at first I was kind of thrown by the the key combination changes and the you know, it was like, man, the hot, I don't know how to play this game anymore. But I think that changes pretty quickly the more I got into it because a lot of this, all the mechanics are, for the most part, very similar or the same. And so that was kind of cool. Or knowing things like, oh, you know, I'd like to make soap. How do I do that? Well, oh, okay, I know how to make soap. That's very doable and very easy to easy to do if you already know how to do it. So I'd say from that perspective, I'm way less kind of overwhelmed. But there's other weird things that I still haven't completely sorted out in this release yet that maybe you guys have. So I'm excited to talk about some of those things with you today. Hmm. I have rekeyed or remapped all my keys. I, I finally gave up on trying to adjust to the new system and finally decided to remap it as closely as I could, at least okay. the, the navigation keys to the pre-Steam style. So. Yeah, and and I like that fine. It's not like I'm sharing my configuration with anybody. It's just for me. So you changed the you you changed some things back to the to the like, I'm guessing like the up and down elevations. You put those back on greater than and less than. Yeah, and there's no WASD anymore. It's the arrow keys. Uh, gosh, you know what? I got so into WASD with it, and so used to playing this game. And City Skylines works like this, and Timberborn and. I think RimWorld does as well. So I just got so into being able to use that that I played StarCraft last night with one of my kids and and it uses the arrow keys. And I found it really difficult because there's nothing else that I need to get to in the area where the arrow keys are on my keyboard. So I had I have to keep moving back and forth between it and found it less convenient for sure. So put me in camp WASD is accepting that as a as a change. I liked it. I'm used to WASD for first-person shooters, but uh, sure. but not 
but not a, a top down kind of games. Yeah. Yeah, I I was skeptical at first. I was absolutely I was a skeptic, but no, I'm I'm converted. He's he's won me over. <laughs> Roland, how much remapping have you done? Uh, mostly up and down. Other than that, I I don't think too much because I felt okay. Yeah, no, I can I can learn it. It's fine. And I installed a mod that actually shows the thingamajigs, the 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 key press in the menu without hovering over. Yeah, me too. And um, that was a very good decision that actually made it a lot easier to just learn it. I also am sticking with WASD because uh, that is just naturally where my hand is because I play on this PC a lot. So that was okay. I still press D for mining sometimes, but it's not terrible. I'm okay with that. Beyond just key presses, I, I dive back into the game. And I tried to do the things that I did before the same way. And I realized that a lot of it is not going to fly anymore, which is pretty weird. I had last time, I already talked about it, but I'm just going to cut it into it again. The whole thing about my military just going through all my food and suddenly there was a lot of spoiling food. Um, I was... Stupid, apparently, because there is a way of designating all the items to dump them in a certain area. Couldn't find it. It's it's now like very tiny in the hotbar, but there is a way, and it works very close to the DF hack version where it designates everything, so even clothing on a person sometimes, which is like out. Okay, you don't have to strip. Just put the rotting lobster into the dumping zone, please. You don't. They have don't to do strip. that. <laughs> they yeah, don't like um, to. They don't like to dump things in this version. I found. Yeah, and that is actually something that I, it, it, ugh, you know, because the 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 designation system, I, I just let them run free for a lot of time, uh, because I wanted to see how well the game can handle designating jobs without me like doing extra designations and saying like you you are this you are that you are this if for many things it works fairly well but i've noted that depending on how many people you have constructing walls is terrible i did a one fortress i i came around to 90 people then constructing a wall was like okay-ish. It it went fairly, fairly fast, medium fast. Nothing special. But in the new fortress, I'm I'm trying to build a single wall to to like close off my the thing that I have built so far. It's, it's just like a tower so that nobody can like go into my um my mine shaft that goes down. Is is this an interior wall, like to to cordon off part of your uh, part of your fortress underground? No, this is outside uh, to make like a small tower on top of the entrance okay. to make sure that my entrance is like controllable with a bridge and stuff. And it took so long. It is tiny. Okay, it's it's not a big thing. It's literally just a square with a roof and a bridge to close close it. It took forever. Yeah. Outdoor building is very slow. Yeah. Making the bricks, stone bricks, worked very fast. That was actually very nicely done. But actually taking the bricks and making the walls took 
forever. They just didn't. And then I let them run. I did, stopped designating everything else. They had no other work. And a lot of people still didn't do it. So I just designated like three people as haulers and builders. And now they haul and build and they don't actually work anything. And that is okay, but these people are now miserable because they don't get to craft and they basically haul all the time, right? They have so little off time now. And this, this not, not great. Like everybody in this fort is still allowed to be assigned any hauling jobs. I don't have just three people that haul everything in the fortress, but these three people do nothing else but haul so that things get cleaned up a little bit faster. Good Lord. I kind of wonder if construction jobs have had an internal tweaking as to their priority, because I have noticed that mining doesn't seem to happen nearly as fast as it, as it used to. Even whenever I put the mining priority to, to three instead of the default four, they just don't seem to mine as quickly as they, as they used to. I've had to dedicate them to do nothing else. Like if I want anything mined, I have to tell them to forget to do everything else. Because no matter what priority it seems like I have mining set to, they will literally do any other task other than mine. And so, right. yeah. So, and I have to so keep, you've seen that too. Yeah. yeah. And I have to keep remembering them to, to like flag and unflag. And the same with a woodcutter. Like he won't cut unless I click that little red box, which I'll tell you is nice to have that little box. But yeah, I've had, I've struggled with construction. Like, you know, when I've hit, I hit into the cavern layers and I want to patch up the hole that I made, like it's been two years and I can't get anyone in two in-game years and I can't get anyone to build this wall. So it's like, I'm basically, this fort's dead. There's nothing I can do to save it and I can't get a wall built. So I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) as soon as the Forgotten Beast comes, I guess I'm starting a new fort. (laughs) Crap. They won't build a wall. It's kind of annoying, but, um. I don't know what's going on. These are things that uh, I think are a result of a major version release that happened, you know, three years after the previous one or or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, minor, minor. I think that these are all things that we're going to get used to and and learn how to deal with. Everything that I've thought was an intractable problem has been resolvable by me learning how to do something different. So I have every sense that, that, this is the case for this as well. I just, I haven't sorted it out yet. So, I mean, it's just like, I'm, you know, a lot of dorms are going to die, but uh, it's a price I'm willing to pay. Yeah. For most things. Yes. Uh, the hauling things, I, you know, the speed is now for a lot of things less, but some, some things are being done faster. So I'm like, okay, sure. But the only thing that I'd really do want back is my military alert where I tell people, get the hell into my burrow. There's Mm -hmm. no joking around. This is not a drill. Get in or you will literally die. Yeah, Um, now you just have to kill them. You know, you just close the door and and they're they're dead. There's no way to call them back in. Yeah. Yeah, and even if you designate a burrow and put all the people into that burrow, it, it doesn't seem to be that important to them uh i've i've designated my entire fortress and they just kind of mingle around and finish their task and you know uh, somebody is like oh god now i'm hungry gosh and just leaves the barrel and i'm like what the hell are you doing i'm trying to close something here okay i'm trying to make sure you don't end up starving in the caverns alone because i closed the gate bro chill (laughs) yeah they're kind of idiots i mean 
Yeah, they, you know, the, the dwarves are lovable idiots. This is why I, I would need like a military alert. And even if that gets coupled with like a minus, like, oh no, oh, military alert. And everybody gets like a negative thought from it. So you don't spam it all the time, but it doesn't matter. I, I need it back because yes, I will admit I play a lot like a hermit. I just wall myself in. Not because I'm afraid of like enemies and goblins or whatever, but because it makes my dwarves work less because they don't have to go out and like fish or they go into the caverns to like collect silk webs or all these like weird, stupid side jobs that you often don't need. And they get minimized to a certain degree where a lot of those dwarves just have free time because, you know, my fisher dwarf, I don't want fisher dwarf because my, my fortress is closed off 10 months out of the entire year. So why would I need a fisher dwarf? He can't go fish anywhere. So I'm just going to put him into something else, you know? And this, this whole idea of, yeah, you can't really like turtle shell yourself in anymore because the burrows don't work the same way. And you sometimes just close the door and somebody is outside. So you open the door again and then... You wait until they get in, and then somebody else goes out, and you're like, oh, my God. Yep, it's real. I think that's going to change. There's been enough of a cry from the community. Yeah, it, it will. To get civilian alerts back, that, that that's, that's going to probably be in uh, an, an update. Civilian <clears throat> alerts would soon. be really, really great. That would be yeah, really but beside my beautiful civilian alert and uh, my bit, like, okay, I now actually have to designate haulers. It's working fairly fine i wish i could tune the size of the windows but i'm not sure if that's even possible in the engine because i would like my military thing to be larger so i can actually see the entire name of the military squad that is randomly generated but uh oh by the way talking about military i, I i'm sorry that i'm like now somewhere else but uh, before i forget it did you know that bismuth bronze has a visual bug where it it actually doesn't show anything. So if you clad one of your military dwarves in full bismuth bronze armor, they're just naked. <laughs> is this like the emperor's have emperor has no clothes? So is it, is it made of Bitcoin or something? I don't know. Just... <laughs> and I found it pretty funny because I, I made a, um, a special helmet and I designated it to my uh, military commander because I like to, you know, see a difference in these people and they all have steel helmets and he gets, okay, it's just bismuth bronze, right? But he's a good, amazing dodger, so whatever. And I, I thought it would be like a golden, cool helmet. And now he has no helmet. And I'm like, hang on, did you get the helmet? <laughs> yeah, he does. He has it on and it's just not there. So I clad a test version, a, a test dwarf in the full thing and he was just naked. That's very funny. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it. That sounds like uh, sounds like a win. <laughs> hey, before I uh, before I forget that plugin that adds the uh, about the plugin that adds the the letters and all that, mm -hmm. I think that that workshop mod is called Interface Tweaks by Trainzac. That's the at least that's the interface uh, tweaks that I used for mine, and it sounds like it's the same one that you're talking about. Interface Tweaks, um, yes. It's the number one mod in the workshop right now. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. It's really good. Is that the one that puts the letters over the... Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yep. I've got that one. By, by really Trainzac, like you're right. Oh. Really Shout cool. out it to also, Trainzac. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's Changes really... the stop and play buttons to like red and green, which that I'm not so not so necessary, but really yeah. cool. Loving it. Thanks, buddy. Old School Vidya, chairman of the Outpost Chamber of Commerce, welcomes you to a golden egg, Control Relics. We are dedicated to promoting and supporting the workshops and businesses that make our fortress thrive. Whether you're a long-time resident or new to the area, we have a variety of resources and services to help you succeed. Join us today and become a part of the vibrant community of Control Relics. Together, we can make a difference and promote economic growth for all. Contact Old School Vidya in the Chamber Office for more information. So farming seems to have changed. It seems that you just can't get away with just plopping down a plump helmet farm in the dirt and have it be quite as successful as it used to be. I'll tell you what, I got super frustrated with it um, because I had a lot of forts just die because they won't. um, Yeah, because they would just run out of plump helmet seeds like very quickly. They would just run out. And um and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I tried and tried and I made sure I had enough bags and then, you know, to store the seeds in. And I made sure that the seeds weren't being cooked. And then I banned all the drinks from being cooked too, because that's the other thing they were doing is I, they would make drinks and then cook them. So I'd have like Dorvan ale roast with Dorvan ale and Dorvan ale. And, you know, it's like they were making the drinks and cooking it into food faster than I could. Anyway, so I, all of that was sorted. And I don't know, I started a new fort the other day, just trying to be really mindful of it from the get-go. And it, and it seems to be okay, but I have basically a still, and all it does is anytime there's unrotten plant material, it just it just cooks it. I mean, it just brews it every single well, time. From the, things, from the things that Clean Our Dev were saying, things have fundamentally changed and that soil farms are not nearly as productive yep. as they used to be. Yeah. So what you need to do now, instead of wasting your time with a soil farm, dig down, flood some rock in the cavern with water and grow your food, your subterranean crops uh, down in the depths. I can't get them to flood things. So I've got a couple places that I've designated a pit zone, which is like, this is the way I think you do it, is you designate a pit and then there's two buttons. There's like an arrow that pushes down on something gray and then an arrow that pushes down something blue. And it's like you can designate it at the top of a pit or designate it at the top of a pond. And then the citizens will bring water. Um, but it doesn't, it, they don't ever do anything. It just sits um, empty. Yeah, there. it might be because you need to do it a level higher. They will only dump it down into an actual pit, not on the ground directly in front. Well, that that is really helpful to know. Thank you. Yeah, I I will admit that in the version before this, before Steam, I just use DF hack to flood a room with water without buckets because then I would actually get to have the entire room be filled with mud and I could do like neat looking rectangles for farms. Yeah, okay, that was fairly lazy of me, but I, I grew very accustomed to underground farms with muddied soil instead of using not that underground farms like mm. the soil farms and the soil layer. I, I, I went away from that very quickly when I also started to put my fortresses much deeper into the actual rock. So I didn't really notice too much of a change. Also, Tekkit did make a video about this, I think. 
um, yeah. where he did the math and showed that the soil farms are nerfed immensely and they it it's not good in, in the steam version or a period yeah, yeah no in the steam version okay what um, is, what's the um, this video what do we think How about I this video let, let me check what do you guys think about fertilizer i, I keep wondering do, is it worth the fuss and i think i looked at the wiki and the wiki is like dude life's too short for that <laughs> but i don't but i don't know well that was whenever plump helmet farms could yeah could, you know supply your entire fortress yeah because from year one but. I'll, I'll be honest like i don't I don't hate at all the idea of having to fertilize my plots. Like I know that seems micromanagery, but if I hated that kind of stuff, I wouldn't play this game. So like if I could set up a potash workflow and remember to parlash my potash or whatever the heckity heck it is, um, that that's cool. I'm down with that. Sign me up. I, I think that if you do actually use a soil farm, uh, the fertilizer might actually become needed. But if you don't do it, if if you like do muddied soil and or cavern layer soil, you might not need it because that hasn't really changed at all. So you still uh, generate a lot of food. My issue on my last fortress was that there were no plump helmets available from the get go. Plump helmets was not an option for me to equip my marking oh. dwarves with. Oh, <laughs> so I went ahead and started with it, and I made that comment, and Cleanodev said, "Dig down, my friend." Dig down, you'll find everything you need in the caverns. Yep. So I'm wondering if maybe plump helmets grow wild in the caverns. They do. Oh, yeah, they do. If you want to yep. find spawn for it, you can, um, once you punch into the cavern layer, it, it grows wild anywhere you dig in the dirt sand layers. Mm -hmm. And so then you can like basically dig out a huge sand or dirt layer and then let it sit for a while and then you can gather on it and then you'll gather all of the spawn that that comes from it. And then you can also graze your animals underground once you, once you punch the cavern layer. So very cool. Yeah, very cool reasons to do that. That's also a way of acquiring the other cavern fruits and vegetables. Uh, if you don't bring them at the start, you know, you just put all your points into plump helmets. Um, then you can find like cave weed and quarry bushes. You can find them in the caverns as well. Not every cavern usually, but you you are lucky you you will find something else as well gelding also seems to be a rather important thing in this release because oh my god it's easy to get like dog or cat explosion my dogs have been attacking uh kangaroos so i'm going to hold that for uh, another topic <laughs> never mind um <laughs> does that but, make you hoppy uh when i think hoppy i think i think uh bitter beer i'm so sorry but so <laughs> I, I missed the reference, man. Let's jump to the, the next subject. Looking at Tekken's videos here, <laughs> I don't see he he did he has started his series on basically figuring out Dwarf Fortress, mm -hmm. and he hasn't released the the second video to that yet, as far as I can tell. But if you look at his video by the popularity rankings, we've got uh, several videos that have fourteen thousand views, sixteen thousand, thirteen, fourteen thousand, and then the most viewed video is farming it's not that simple <laughs> but that was a year ago yeah so, it's still not yeah. that simple as we, it turns we out. did talk about it when when was that um i sat in one of his streams or something and we we talked he was about on it. one of your streams wasn't he yeah yeah, yeah come we, on to one of your uh one of your yeah streams? We, we we streamed a few things together uh, one time i was in his stream then he came to me we played a little bit uh, other stuff together and at some point we talked about it and he told me that 
he was working on a video. So maybe this is kind of a spoiler because he apparently has not uploaded it yet. But he told me that, yeah, soil farms are in fact less valuable now. So I just was like, okay, sure. You know, I have my good old uh, muddy farms here. So. So I gotta figure out how to dump water on the on the rocks. So. Yeah, he's he's right. Okay. It's from the from a layer up that makes a big difference. Big yeah, the difference. best thing is to just. Are you playing Dwarf Fortress? <gasps> I would never. I had like to test it. <laughs> I absolutely had to test it. Yeah, I had to just test it. go like one level higher and make a small thing and just cobweb off the main way and just do several holes where you dump it directly into the room where you wanna. Put your farm plots. That's what I do. It's very ugly, which I why I use the source DF hack thing to make my fortress not look ugly, but you know, convenient. You could also here's what you can set up a screw pump and pump <laughs> water from a yeah from a, 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 a lake. You're right, but that only works if you're close to the lake. Otherwise you're gonna just work on the the channeling and the downfall and the water from there yeah. to there for like forever and it becomes just quicker to tell all your dwarves get everybody get a bucket and put water in here thanks bye well you can you can pump it up from the from the caverns a lake in the caverns right if so you have a lake a in the caverns yeah yeah so Hey guys. I'm saying this as if it does not take an engineering degree to to do this. I, I, I'm, I'm scared of the water pumps, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel you on that one. I don't. I, I I've gotten things have gotten out of control really quickly with the water pumps. I I've tried to do the big, overly complicated. We'll divert the river in with floodgates and then fill a reservoir underground. And I've had some of these kind of things, and it works until it doesn't. Like I had. Um, <laughs> I lost one fort because the floodgate, a giraffe or something fell in, in the river and it got stuck in my floodgate and then I couldn't close the floodgate. <laughs> and then it kept flooding the entire reservoir and then oh boy. the whole fortress. <laughs> oh God. I can see, I can see in my head, just a giraffe going, Oh, I'm going down guys. Oh, oh no. Oh. And I'm taking Uh-oh. this yeah. whole stuck. <laughs> and the whole fort's coming with me. <laughs> Yeah. Happily, I have a long neck, so my head's above water, but my body is stuck in the floodgate. And um, Some people do anything to get ahead. Y- you know what a dwarven water generator is? Yeah, I saw a video about that recently from further reading, dwarven water reactors. Yeah. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? And, 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 yeah, oh. I think so. I think so, yeah. Uh, where where the person put like 30 water generators into his fortress. And, yeah. And that That's was it. that was pretty insane. And you know... I tested water stuff a few god years back now. Oof. And it it was very wonky and it kind of worked, but it didn't feel very um, versed in it. Uh, so I just kind of stopped doing it. Now I did it again. Water generator. I I felt like oh I can do it. You know I can do everything. Water generator. Come on. And uh, I flooded my fortress. Um, <laughs> that's the spirit. It, it flooded the fortress so quickly. By the way, it wasn't even funny. Um, I put it. Hey, Urist, hit the off lever. <laughs> we didn't install an off lever. Yeah, yeah it's flooded. Um, <laughs> oh, there no. were several points in my well architecture where I realized hmm, that wasn't that wasn't great. For example, I actually put it into a into a cavern lake. 
And that one was massive. And I put it on the deepest point in the lake. So it actually was able to pull all, all the water from the entire lake and put it into my fortress. Next thing that was also problematic was the fact that my lever to close the floodgate was below the waterline very quickly. And I was like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> the lever that shuts it off is now underwater. That is impractical. Don't do that. Yeah, there's no way to undo that. <laughs> You're kind of doomed. Yeah, and then I just looked on and it kept pumping so much water that at some point the water started to rise into my stairway up to the surface. And I was like, okay, this is, I'm done. I'm done. Ugh, that's that's nightmares. It's like whenever you reconfigure the Ethernet port that you're using to access the remote server, and uh, well, uh, <coughs> that's a yeah, reference for like, all time. <laughs> that'll that'll really well, that'll really slam in with Gen Z here. It's perfect. <laughs> well, no, Gen. Yeah, never mind. I'll, I'll cut that. Mom, Dad, what's an Ethernet port? <laughs> Adrian Rosas, spiritual advisor of Control Relics, invites you to come meditate and praise your chosen deity at the Celebrated Palisade. The Celebrated Palisade is a non-denominational shrine with a 49-square tile dance floor to perform your wondrous dance of worship. Come find spiritual fulfillment and good thoughts at the Celebrated Palisade. Adrian Rosas and the Celebrated Palisade welcomes all visitors. Uh, okay, what do you guys think about uh, archers? How about archers? How, do you guys get those working? Uh, uh, <laughs> Did you just say archers? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm so furious with archers. So annoying. Absolutely the most infuriating part of the game. So it sounds like they have taken a step back. Uh, maybe archers. I'm the one that's taken a step back. I cannot get these idiots to do anything. They won't even train. I, I'm just, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All they'll do is meditate and socialize. They will not, absolutely will not train under any circumstances. And if things go wrong, they will not hesitate to bash the crap out of stuff with their crossbows. It is, I it saw is that, classic, yes. classic my interaction. You need to make your, your crossbows out of silver because that is the densest material. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any way to... Because I think you used to be able to assign ammo to them. And that was like a magic unlock where you had to like set them up and get them a quiver and then tell them to put certain stuff in their quiver. But they won't They won't take ammo anymore. So I don't know what to do about that. It's bananas. Hmm. Bananas. I have to ask Zach to post a video demonstrating archery i would love it that would be cool how do you make it work please that would be really zach cool. yes <laughs> zach could you post a steam video about <laughs> archery have you guys tried any of that uh any of the archery or anything like that um i'm gonna be i've not no yeah i'm gonna be real i have my hands full trying not to feel like a bumbling new idiot in the game so i didn't even touch it because my brain was like oh it's not, it's not going to work and you're going to feel terrible about yourself. So uh, we put that issue aside and let's concentrate on realizing that temple designations and like 
the room value has been modified. Oh boy. Oh yeah, it's so it seems like the best way to get your craft halls and your temples to have the value that they need. Because it used to be what I would do is just make a room and then smooth it and then engrave it. Bob's your uncle, you know. But now it has to. I I'm, I mean, absolutely gigantic. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely it has gigantic to be really space. massive. And or you just put a pedestal in and slap one of your best masterworks on it. And uh, back in the day, apparently, um, I I went back. I used to do like eight by eight rooms for guild halls and that was perfectly fine you know smoothed out uh with the um, pillars in the middle where i put engravings on no 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 that's not gonna fly anymore yeah no no has to be um, giant yeah so i never touched archers because i was too busy like putting out the fires when they came up <laughs> i already yeah. knew that archers are gonna be a like a grease fire in my kitchen and uh, I can't work with that right now. <laughs> no, grease fire is, is not, is not un, unlike what it is. It's a little, it's a little challenging. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep at it. I'm determined to, to, to have squads with archers in it. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's possible. They're so much fun. It's so cool to, to watch the archers. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's very just, satisfying to see them take out a goblin from, you know, 20 tiles away or whatever. Yeah, exactly. From, you know, from, from fortifications inside the fortress. It's it, it would be so fun. I would love that. But uh, For the sake of all of our Yanks in our audience, I'm going to explain a phrase that Tony just said a few moments ago that, that, that Roland might understand. Bob's your uncle. Oh, I had no clue what the hell you were talking about, man. Oh, gosh. Okay. So that's because you hang out in England a lot. And this is from Wikipedia. Bob's your uncle is a phrase commonly used in the United Kingdom and Commonwealth countries that means, and there it is, or, and there you have it, or it's done. Typically, someone says it to conclude a set of simple instructions or when a result is reached. It's good. It's I'm a like, good, Bob's your uncle. What the hell does that mean? It's a good, it's a good phrase. I, I think we should be using it over here. I didn't realize we weren't. So there yeah, you go. I will be using it, and I'm going to look at all the all the rednecks around here going, what the hell? Bob's not my uncle, you, you jerk. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got an Uncle Bob. Yeah, thank you. How did you know Bob's my uncle? Oh, can I, Anywho, uh, so. can I, can I share a ridiculous aside uh, with you guys? I, sure. I built a... Uh, I've been doing them all day. I built a... Um, uh, an outdoor library, and then I put a bunch of beehives next to it because I want mead and honey crafts or wax working. Big, big fan of wax working. Uh, so they're at the they're at the bottom here, and and all shaved, you know, all all enclosed, uh, walled in or whatever. And then up a bit uh, is on the top of this structure is my tavern, uh, and I put fortifications there. So the bees are flying into the tavern and stinging people. Um, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> Let this be a warning dance, to you. Dance, baby, dance. If you, if you put beehives underneath an open window for a tavern, they will they will sting the patrons and they'll get mad. So, <laughs> whoops. Oh, um, did I'll I tell you? Rename that tavern, yeah. Did I tell you about the bee corridor trap? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. In that case, oh boy, I completely forgot about that because it's Buckle been up. like a few weeks. Um, I read uh, that somebody 
put a stack of bees on a pedestal because why not, right? Sure. And apparently the 15,000 bees are being carried by just one dwarf. So it's not like a lot of people have to carry each one a bee, but the whole stack gets carried, which is already good. But apparently the bees become like a quantum object where they are on the pedestal and also not on the pedestal at the same time, which means that the bees are being shown that they are, in fact, on the pedestal, but they are also flying around stinging people. But you never actually see the, like, vermin critter thing showing that there is a bee, but you see the notifications that people get stung by the bees. And I was like, wait, wait, don't tell me. So what I did was I made a tunnel, Z-level 1 tunnel, the Z-level above that is another tunnel, and that tunnel is full of pedestals with bees on it. And the flooring is just like iron grates. So the bees can go up into the tunnel and sting everybody that is in there. And then I also installed like a like a cool lever with a cool bridge so I can like unleash the bees. And then I just had to wait for some goblins. And I trapped them in the tunnel because I felt, okay, if you just run through, you're not going to get stung too much. They maybe get like a, a sting or two. So I trapped them in there and they get stung. And I'm like, hmm, this is funny. So I did the tunnel longer. More bees, more goblins, more more bee stings. It's it's terrifying. Uh, it doesn't really do anything. You know, the, the, the goblins are not <laughs> dying from Are it. bee stings lethal? <laughs> no, um, they're just annoying, I think. Not so far. Nobody really has died from the bee, uh, from the bee stings. The goblins are like, not doing good mentally, but they're not dying. Like nobody is well, dead. You need to put a like a floor spike trap uh, to have some dwarf out there pulling a lever to spike them while the bees are stinging them. Um, yeah, I mean that would work. That would work. But I just had hoped that at some point, if I unleash enough bees, that you know, it, it at some point just tips over and becomes lethal. But it hasn't happened yet. Even though technically, if the bee venom is like an actual thing in the game, I think. Um, the right? Wait, let me let me check before I. Bee talk. venom is a thing because I've bought barrels of it, wondering what to do with it. Yeah, nothing. There's nothing to do with no. it, is there? I have a lot. No, of it, not really. No, <laughs> nothing. Nothing you can do with it. So yeah, they do introduce a syndrome. Uh, where, what <laughs> what does the syndrome do? I wanna I wanna see I wanna see dwarf fortress. It makes them unhappy. Bee sting syndrome. Causes unhappiness. Oh, nothing right? more. Pain and strong swelling. Ha <laughs> um, So I thought <laughs> if I get enough pain and enough swelling into one single entity, like 15,000 bees are like punching holes through your skin all the time, that something would happen and they would die from like the swelling or the pain. But no, they're Sounds not. Sounds like a feature so, request. Like a Saw movie. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was uh, sadly a failed experiment. Tavern manager Andrew Campbell would like to announce the opening of Control Relic's first and only tavern, the Turquoise Dinners. The Turquoise Dinners is sure to take your mind off your labors with the finest of meals and spirits. The Turquoise Dinners is home to a 30-square-tile dance floor, eight well-crafted dining tables and some of the civilization's greatest tales. 
Come eat, drink, and exchange social good feelings at the Turquoise Dinners. For more information, please contact Andrew Campbell, manager. So one of the other major things that people are talking about is the the log or lack of log mm. and the announcements and missing stuff. So from what I've read, the community consensus is that the best way to deal with it, at least at this point, is to edit your announcements.txt file and add alerts and things to it. There is a Reddit post that has basically how to do it. And yeah, it does work very well. I've got it working too well. Um, we should my, link that post in our I will. post show I notes. Will. That would be cool. I just gave up on caravans and stuff. Like I miss most of them. You just it's almost impossible to see them unless you look. You can put basically a stop and center on the caravan showing up mm. on uh, that's right. I read liaisons that. showing up. Yeah. I actually have a stop and center anytime combat makes somebody swoon or go unconscious, and that's where I got to watch my dog and kangaroos fighting quite fiercely for some reason my dogs are very aggressive to kangaroos in my current fortress and there's a lot of kangaroos you can have kangaroo leather quivers and stuff that's pretty cool (laughs) a lot of kangaroo violence Mm. i think that's okay i think they're pretty violent animals yeah it does it does work well you don't get to see the log that the way you used to but at least it does stop the 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 game whenever you have important events happening okay that sounds pretty neat i wonder how much the announcements.txt changed from the uh, from the old version oh i also think and i haven't seen this uh directly but it sounds like the announcements.txt might get overwritten whenever a update happens so you will probably want to make a backup of your current announcements.txt so that you can modify the new one accordingly right okay I would love to see that get addressed. I, I, want, I'm, I mean, I'm sure all of this is a balance and they were trying to go for not overwhelming people, but um, mm-hmm. I would love to see that balance. I would love to see back. a menu that says pause and center on this event mm. and just have you scroll through it and be able to choose. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, I don't necessarily want it to pause every time a dwarf is looking for their child. No, that's but, not so fun. But I do want it to pause whenever the caravan shows up or things like that happen. All right. Do we got anything else that we want to chat about today? Hmm. Um, no, but at some point, you know what we should do is go through uh, what are the first things that you do to set up a fort to make it viable? Yeah, because that has changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'll let you know whenever I figure that out. Your fastest path <laughs> to viability. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I haven't really honestly played very much at all since uh, since we went on hiatus. I have played more in the last three days than I did in the two weeks prior to that. I did keep up uh, with uh, with you guys a little bit, though, in, in some of your chat and note that uh, that you guys have been playing more than I. So, Yeah, I also wasn't... I hope to change that. Yeah, I wasn't playing that much either. Uh, when I played... You're playing actually, some Deep Rock Galactic. I saw those streams, Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That's pretty um, cool. I, I went to different games for a while because, uh, I don't know, you know, sometimes you just need to... It's a, good to get away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though it's it's very sad that when I play anything but Wolf Fortress, I never actually get any viewers. But if I played Wolf Fortress, I do, which, okay. I, thought I don't that think would that's be, sad at all. The, the, no, I, I thought it would be the other way around, 
but apparently Dwarf Fortress is my high horse. Not anymore. Uh, I just found uh, an option, which I thought was interesting. Maybe this has always been here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dig every tile or dig only ore and gems or dig only gems Um, or dig only ore. I think they took that from DF hack, but I might be wrong Mm. about that. Um, I used to do that with DF hack, dig out veins. Yeah, it, it's pretty yeah, dig cool. V. Yeah, but, I used to do dig V, but I mean, this one, it doesn't quite work the way the DF hack one worked, but... Um, because the DF hack one also looked into walls and you could just put it into like the abyss and then it would uh, say, oh yeah, there's, by the way, something in there. Uh, this doesn't because it doesn't know that there's something in the wall, but you can, if you find a single piece of, for example... Um, like iron ore in the wall, you can click on one of these things and it mines out all the adjacent tiles with ore or gems. So you click on a single tile and they instantly dig out the entire vein that they find. Where is this? How do you do that in this one? Or is that DF hack? Uh, no, no, the, this is in this version. I actually tried it. Oh, okay. um, it's, it's also something something there. Uh, you have to little bit tweak around with it because oh one, I see yeah yeah just un- one tweaks ones, only yeah. ore and gems and you can't designate normal stones and then it only takes out that stuff and the other is like continue to dig everything that is like ore and gems which is pretty cool yeah very neat that is actually really cool yeah I but found it it's pretty be cool. aware yeah, that also works for clay. Uh, because I was like, oh, wow, they're they're digging so much. And then I realized, oh, they're just digging clay walls. Thanks. <laughs> oh, no. that's Oh, God, yeah. They're, they're going all in on the Kaolinite or whatever. All the useless stuff. They still won't, uh, they still won't uh, be archers. No archery for us. It's a 2024 problem. <laughs> no archery for us. Hey, you'll just hurt yourself. It's like lawn darts. And so season five of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable begins. (laughs) Season five, five. uh, an arbitrary cutoff point that we're doing. This is the beginning of the fifth year in which we have done Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. Damn. Number five. This is going to be episode 79, I believe. Hey, that's lucky. That's crazy. Number 79. Yeah. Isn't it? That's a lucky number, right? Is that lucky? Boring people for years now. (laughs) The The same 14 people. Five yeah. years. Thanks. Were they? They've either they've either gone clinically well, insane or. Is this I like think Stockholm with the Steam syndrome? release, we've picked up three more listeners. Right? Oh, hey. Yeah, no, you're right. Thank you so much for listening, whoever's out. It Look, is deeply. We, we know the podcast isn't going to have the reach of uh, what are the kids using MySpace these days. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, follow us on MySpace. Goodness <laughs> sakes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know it's friends. I know friendsters. You can find us at AOL Room DFR. Oh God, DFHack at AOL.com. <laughs> you can still get those AOL.com addresses. Also on CompuServe. Oh yeah, for sure. Prodigy, CompuServe, all that good stuff. Yeah, my mother still has an AOL uh, address. By the way, I was shocked that she is in fact using that. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, you can still register them. It's it's great. It's crazy rec.games.dwarffortress there's another one for you uh okay so thanks everybody yeah yeah thanks uh good stuff and then maybe next time uh if we're if we're going if we're breaking the third or fourth or whatever number of walls we're breaking uh we should do a um 
list of things that we consider when starting a fort to make it viable. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Sounds good to me. And yes. my God, why don't people, uh, why don't they clean up the rotten stuff? Like why, why, why I gotta be in here clicking on all this stuff. Come on guys. Clear up the trash. Wonderful. Okay. We're off. We are off. Everyone out there, be careful and enjoy the new challenges that the Steam release of Dwarf Fortress has has brought us. I also think that I don't recall whether they released the classic version after our last episode or after or, yeah. or not. Yeah, it was after our last episode. I downloaded it and played it. I like the graphics in the Steam version, so since I have that, I will be playing that. At least until the community figures out how to do the the tile sets for the the new classic version. I really like the tile sets in, yeah. in the Steam too. version. I think they've done a great job. I just think it looks really good. Uh, I showed it to somebody and, and their comment was, wow, it looks like a game now. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, it does. You're it, right. Yeah. Especially considering that it will continuously be worked on. I mean, the Bismuth yeah. Bronze Naked Bug will not stay. The, no. Apparently, the Forgotten Beasts will get colors at some point. That's crazy, That's, by the way. Th- by the way, I'll I'll just say, I think they already look pretty awesome. The Forgotten yeah, Beasts. Yeah, I, I think they're very cute and cuddly. <laughs> Should it be? But they are. Oh, beware of so my deadly dust. alerts will happen eventually, oh, maybe? Yeah, Unless hopefully. Alerts would be, yeah. That's my... Uh, it's Archer's going to arch, um, maybe? Waiting for the archery release. <laughs> yeah. I'd love it if, if we had him, if we had Tony on and he's like, oh yeah, no, I haven't even gotten to coding that part yet. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys. You silly, silly guys. As for goodbye, I w- just want to say a happy fortressing to all my G- Gila Ware monsters out there. Blessed, blessed Gila monsters. And uh, see you next time. Is this a gang? Yeah, this is the Gila Monster Gang. The, the Gila Monster Gang. Beautiful. Alright, guys. Wonderful. Will uh, you? Until, until next time, happy Fortress and folks, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you then. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Bye-bye. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All craft swordship is of the highest quality.